Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So I knew I could do it. Darren is back on the podcast this week and we are talking about Reese and basically what it was like to have an hours baby together. So if you're new here, our hours baby, like I said, is Reese and she's actually not a baby anymore. She's four and a half years old. But in this episode, we're kind of going back in time and talking about what I did to quote unquote convince Darren to have a baby with me, how the kids reacted to the pregnancy. And then, you know, now in present day, how we keep things fair between all the kids. Spoiler alert, though, we don't keep it fair. How we navigate the holidays. We talk a little bit about that, how Reese deals when the kids go to their moms and and so much more. It's a really, really good episode. Before we get started, if you've been listening to this podcast and like what you hear, I'm going to ask you to do me a little favor. Can you press pause and then go and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, let me know what you think, and then take a screenshot and share it on social media. Honestly, guys, this helps me spread the word about the podcast and it literally means the world to me. So when you do that, make sure that you tag me on social media so I can thank you personally, because like I said, you know, when you help me spread the word, it is like gold. All right. That is it for the intro. Let's dive in and hear what uh, Darren has to say. Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here. Second wife, stepmom of three and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. All right. Hey, guys. So here I am sitting here with my husband, Darren. Guys, to give you a visual, it is seven o'clock in the morning and we are sitting on the floor in our basement, hoping to God that the kids don't wake up and come down and interrupt us. How you doing, Darren? I'm good. It's early. Yeah. Is this what you wanted to be doing at uh, seven in the morning? Uh, seven in the morning is not bad. It was the volleyball drop off at six thirty that uh, was early. Yeah. So our, already this morning, Darren had to drop my stepdaughter off at volleyball practice. We've been like hurting uh, Reese upstairs and trying to keep this dog under control. So we are going to do the best we can to get this podcast out for you guys today because I've been dying to answer some of your questions about bringing an R's baby into your blended family. Do you know what an R's baby is, Darren? I do. Did you know what an R's baby was until your wife was a stepmom blogger? I didn't. Yeah. So we are going to talk all about bringing Reese into our blended family crew. And for those of you who are not familiar with us, so this is Darren's second marriage. When we got together, Darren had three children from his previous marriage. And then after we got married, we added one new baby to our crew. So if you want to learn more about our first year of marriage and what that was like for us in the transition period there, we did talk about that in the first episode of this podcast. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and take a listen. And today we're going to talk about adding Reese to our fam jam. All right. So the first question that I often get is, how did I convince Darren to have a baby with me? And I like, did I have to convince you to have a baby? I don't think you had to convince me, but I recall being out for dinner when we were dating. I don't think uh, we were engaged, but we were dating and somebody said to me, wow, Darren, she's younger than you. She may want kids and you already have three kids. And I think I said, well, that ship sailed. 
and you heard that comment and we had a discussion afterwards and you sort of said, you know, you've had things I haven't had. And I said, well, I think I said that in the moment, but as our relationship went on, I think it became quite apparent that it was something that we both wanted. So I don't think there was a lot of convincing, but again, I had already been through three kids and I thought maybe diapers were a thing of the past, but, uh, yeah. So when, so when you got divorced, if someone were to ask you before you and I got together, if you were going to have another child and get married again, what would your answer have been? Oh, I think when you're going through a divorce or separation, that's not even on your mind. I don't think you're, you're thinking about that. Uh, I don't think that really even came up until you and I started dating and realized that this is serious and you know, we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And what do we want as a family? I think that's when it came up. I don't think you think about it. I didn't care if I got married again. I was quite enjoying being single for a while. And yeah, then, I'm and then sure you, came you were. Along. I'm sure you were. So, you know, the one thing that I do want to say is that I think it's so important to have that conversation right off the bat. Well, not right off the bat. Like when you go on your first date, don't be like, so do you want kids? But I think as soon as it starts to get serious and you're dating someone who has kids from a previous marriage, you need to have that conversation. Like I remember, and you don't remember this as clear as I do, but I remember laying on the bed and saying to you, you know, you've done things that I haven't done and that I want to do. And that kind of needs to be a conversation before we move forward. I, I didn't want to waste anyone's time. I do. I recall that. I remember you saying that to me. And I thought that's kind of a funny thing to say because we're caught up in the moment of that honeymoon period or lust period when you first start dating someone. And I thought, wow. I, but then I understood you were at a certain stage in your life and you hadn't been married and you hadn't had any children and I could see that you don't necessarily, if that's something you want and it's something I don't want, why not figure that out right away? So we know where we stand in our relationship. And if things continued on, that was great. But if it was something that you absolutely had to have, and I was against, I would understand that. Yeah. And so I think sometimes people will wait to have those conversations and wait until you're married or wait until the time's right. But I think you need to have those right off the get-go because I think that would be the worst thing ever is you get married and then or you get into the relationship and you develop those feelings and you realize you want completely different things in life. And then, and then what are you supposed to do? Right? Yeah. And that's why I said I was quite at first, I thought, what's this conversation about? But then I understood what you were saying, you know, you were at a certain age and if I'm going to date this guy for five years and he has no intention of having another child, that's something I should know up front. I understand that. Yeah, totally. And you know what people will always say, because we moved very quickly. And again, I talk about that in the first podcast, but the reason why I feel like we moved super quickly and had the wedding so quickly is because we wanted to have kids and you're not young. I'm not old. Oh, you're, 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 I would say you're closer to old than you are to young. Like, you know, I middle age. Yeah. You're middle, you're a middle-aged man. So when Darren and I got together, he was 40 years old and you know, I figured if we're going to have kids, we need to get on that now. That's a personal preference for me. Obviously, anyone can have kids whenever they want. 40 is the new 30 though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're very, you're very youthful, honey. But that's why we went as quickly as we did. So anyway, we decide to get married. We get pregnant right away. So, you know, we got married in June. We were pregnant in August. So let's talk about how we told the kids did you have any, um, I don't even know what the word is, reservations about what the kids' reactions would be or telling the kids about having this new baby with your new wife? Don't recall having any reservations. I recall being a little worried. You know, they might worry about where they stand, but we had become such a 
a good family unit. You know, you as a stepmom and I, I have and had a great relationship with the kids at that time. I felt very comfortable telling them. And I think we told them, basically, we did some pictures and we told them, you know, that they're going to have a, uh, another baby brother or sister. And all of them were very excited because I remember, uh, you know, after Reese was born, they could hardly wait to get to the hospital and see this, this new baby. And there's some wonderful pictures of the kids holding her. Yeah. And it, 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 they were very welcoming and they just adore her. So we were fortunate that it went very well, but I don't think I, I don't recall having any reservations. But I think, you know, from the very beginning, we always talked about the fact that we were going to have another baby, that that's what we wanted. So we had kind of prepped the kids. Cause I remember when I told, like when we sat down and told them that we were pregnant, they knew it was coming. It wasn't like this big shocker. And we were very much reinforced the fact that we weren't starting a new family. We were adding to one that we already had. Yeah. And you were always very adamant that there are no half brothers and sisters. You can't cut people in half. So we made it like this is your sibling. This is going to be your new brother or sister. So there was no sort of this is an ours baby and, and you're my children. It was this is a new person and we're welcoming this person to our family. And I think you were very good at that. And I was too. And we've always made it very seamless. Totally. And, you know, I remember that night. So the night we told the kids we were going out for dinner with friends. So we were, you know, out with friends having dinner and I checked my Instagram and I was so excited because I saw my stepdaughter had posted a picture of the ultrasound on her Instagram and had said, so excited that I'm going to have a new half brother or sister soon. And I remember reading that and my heart just sank and it made me so sick to my stomach seeing the word half. And there was no bad intentions there. That's basically like what the title is, but that really did spark the conversation saying there are no half people. We are all part of this family and we're all, you know, this is your brother or sister and just kind of reinforcing that we're all part of this crew together. All right. So people often ask me if we told your ex-wife, like if we had a conversation, they say, how do you tell the ex-wife that you're pregnant? I don't recall having a conversation. I don't think we had a conversation at all. I don't think we really even considered it. No, I don't think, like, I don't understand. I understand it has to do with her children, but I didn't think that it was something that we needed to, you know, set out and have this planned conversation. I think that the kids probably just told her. I think that's how it happened. I, I don't recall, again, any thought of should we tell her separately. I think it was just news that came out of our family and whoever found out, found out. Yeah. It'd be the same as a cousin or a, a relative or a close friend finding out when we told everyone. Yeah. Like we didn't make it a thing. And I think sometimes that's where people make mistakes. They make things into bigger deals than they need to be or overthink them. We didn't make it a thing because it didn't, we, we don't give other people permission to have an opinion on how we run our life. So it, it was what it was. The kids told her and we didn't overthink it. And I think that was good. I think we just did what we wanted to do. And again, it makes it more seamless as a, as a family when you're not trying to segregate one issue. Yeah, not a big deal. So the other thing that is so common with stepmoms is stepmoms feeling, in, especially childless stepmoms. So me feeling insecure that this wasn't your first baby. Like this wasn't your first rodeo. You had had three other children. You knew what to expect throughout the pregnancy. You knew what labor was like, and you had experienced it with another woman. And I'm not going to lie. That was a tough thing for me to deal with. Like, do you remember that one day when I was sitting on the stairs and I was crying and I was just like, you've done this with someone else. And is this as special for you as it is for me? Because, you know, this is your fourth and not your first. Do you remember that? I do remember it, but I remember thinking, I don't know why this is such a big deal because <laughs> it is 
an exciting time, no matter what, you know, when my daughter was born, she was the first one. And of course that's very exciting having the first baby. But when the third one was born, it was just as exciting. I don't recall saying, okay, cause it was the first time it was more exciting. It's just an exciting thing. And when we brought Reese into this world, it was awesome. And it's one of those moments that you never forget. And it, it doesn't matter. Well, I was on a lot of drugs. I do not recall it as <laughs> clearly as you maybe do. And I had a whole 24 hours or 48 hours that I didn't sleep. So it becomes kind of a, a dopey period as well. Oh, yeah. It was a real, real dopey period. But, you know, I think that you need to remember, like, that was our first, right? So it's, it's our first baby together. So it's not like it's not a first. It's just the first that we have together. And it doesn't make it any less special. And I think that's where stepmoms get in our heads and we start to kind of spiral and think that our husband just thinks this is no big deal when it is a big deal because you're excited to experience it with us. And it was really special because I got to see these older kids of mine embrace this baby and seeing that is so exciting. You know, you don't have that when you have the first one, you see your parents or your grandparents come and, and see this first child. But when you see your other children embrace this, this new baby, it is an incredible feeling. Yeah. And you know, what also is really incredible having people who are in your home able to help you out with the kids like that. Seriously. I remember when, you know, the step, my stepkids would go back to their moms. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I need someone to hold the baby. They were such a huge help. And the other thing, just to go back to that is Darren having experience with babies was such a godsend because I had zero experience with babies. I had barely held newborn babies. I'm not a baby person. Like if you come up to me and you have a, your baby with you, I am not going to ask to hold your baby. I've never been a baby person. Haven't really babysat, really had no experience with the diapers. So honestly, for that first few weeks, I pretty much followed you around like a puppy. Like you told me how to do all of the things that come with motherhood. Oh, it was cute when we'd be wandering down to the nursery and doing a diaper and you'd be watching and observing. And <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, you definitely took what, the lead what, right away. And you're like, you do it like that? And I said, yeah, you, you do it like that. I think you <laughs> taught me how to swaddle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was, it was a blessing for me, absolutely. So people often ask how my relationship with my stepchildren or the kids changed when we had Reese. I don't think anything changed. I think Reese is the best thing that ever happened to our family. I don't, yeah, I don't think anything changed. And actually, I, you know, you'd say, well, you didn't have as much time for them because you're concentrating on this little baby, but I don't think that's true at all. I think you still did all the wonderful things you did with the kids, even after we had Reese and as busy as it is with a newborn baby, I don't think that uh, anything really did change. Yeah. But I will say I did miss out on that new mom experience. Like I remember going to mommy and baby classes and the moms would say, oh, the days are so long. Like I just kind of sit there and stare at my, at my baby and just like wait for my husband to get home. I'm like, are you kidding me? I could use an extra three hours because we had this new baby, but there was still laundry with the other kids. The kids still had hockey. There were still all the other, you know, responsibilities that came with, you know, being a stepmom. So I will say I did miss out on that new mom experience and it's easy to get wrapped up in what you miss out on. But I think what I gained from having three stepchildren with Reese far exceeds that. And I, that's a place where it's really about mindset. So for us, the weeks look very different one week to the next. Cause we have week on week off access. And I hate the word access. It's like you have access to your children, but we have a week on week off schedule with the kids. So, you know, the one thing that has been super difficult is race has really struggled 
when the kids go back to their moms. Like that, that has been something that we have had to navigate. Yeah. That's that, you know, and that was tough to see when she was young and didn't understand where her brother and sister are going. That was certainly sad to see. She's adapted as she's gotten older. And I think she has embraced a little bit of time alone with mom and dad, but yeah, she's smart. She's figuring out how to kind of reap the benefits of the system now. Yeah. But it was hard when you would go to a hockey game and see the kids and she'd be crying because she didn't understand why she couldn't go with them. And that was a trying time when we would see that. And then they would come back and her life would be back to having these kids around and fun and playing and people to play with. And then it was almost like she was an only child one week and she had siblings the next week. And at first it was a a trying time, but I think she's really adapted well to it. Yeah. And I don't think that the fact that your child will struggle with not being with their siblings all the time is any reason not to have a child. There are stepmoms who have said that to me that they just don't want to put them through that. And you know what? There's always going to be challenges in everyone's life. Everyone has, you know, things that they have to overcome with the kids. And honestly, I feel like with Reese, there's been ebbs and flows. Like sometimes she does really well and we think, okay, she's over it. It's not a big deal anymore. She's totally adapted. She'll often say, we share them with their mom. And I think that's so cute. But then, you know, this year when she went to school, she goes to the same school as my stepson now, and they're on the same bus every single day, but only every other week they get to come home together. So there was a bit of a adjustment period this year with school too, when she, remember when she just like took off from her classroom and went to the big (laughs) end to go find her brother because she missed him. Told him she was going to get a coat and ended up just going down to her brother's classroom so she could see him. That was pretty cute. Yeah. So there's ebbs and flows with it for sure. But honestly, I think she's doing fine. Like, I think she's, I think she's got the best of both worlds. You've, you know, and you just mentioned that some stepmothers say, well, I don't know if I want to bring a child in because they're not going to see their, their siblings all the time. I I don't think that's a reason at all to bring them in. I think Reese is so blessed because she could be an only child, but now she has these wonderful kids that come around and older kids that show her things and do things with her. And I look at the things that she gets because of these older brothers and sisters, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, totally. And you know what? I think they get less annoyed of her because they're only with her every other week, right? She's that annoying (laughs) sister sometimes who wants to be with them all the time or with their friends all the time. Mm -hmm. And they get a break. They go back to their mom's house (laughs) and then they come back and they've missed her as opposed to her kind of being that sister who wants to be around you all of the time, you know, 24-7. So yeah, it works for us. And I think, yeah, like I said, I think she's just reaping the benefits. So when I first became a stepmom, it did not take me long to realize that I was in over my head. So one night I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Honestly, don't get me wrong. I was in love with my husband. The kids were great, but man, I was in over my head. So I did what we all do when we're looking for support and I went to the internet, but I was so disappointed with what I found. Even though my news feed was overflowing with support and resources for quote unquote real moms, there was nothing for stepmoms. Well, actually, that's not true. There was a lot of complaining, a lot of negativity, a lot of Facebook group vent sessions, but I knew that wasn't going to make anything any easier. I needed someone to tell me what to do to thrive. I wanted to live a kick-ass life amongst the extra stressors and drama and insecurities that came with being a stepmom. I really just wanted to have a great family life. So I decided to figure it out on my own. And after a lot of work on myself, a lot of work on my marriage, some therapy, and digging deep into all the step family resources I could find, the stressors that used to send me to the bathroom floor or feel so overwhelmed that my hands would literally shake don't even phase me anymore. 
Want to know what I did to get to this place? Well, I will show you exactly how. So the Kick-Ass Stepmom Project is an exclusive community and course for stepmoms, and it outlines step-by-step what I did to change my stepfamily life. So as a life coach with a specialization in stepfamily dynamics, a former child protection worker, a stepmom, and a child of divorce, I've basically combined my personal and professional experience and created the type of support that I was looking for when I found myself on that bathroom floor. To learn more and to hear what stepmoms who have completed the program have to say, head to www.thekickassstepmomproject.com. So how do we keep it fair with all the kids? This is something that we struggle with and we continue to struggle with. I know we talked about when the kids go on a vacation with their mother, is it fair that Reese doesn't get something, but then we worry, what if we take Reese on a vacation and the other kids don't get to come? So there's a lot of that. And then you and I even doing some planning, estate planning and will planning, how do we equalize things? You know, the other kids are, will someday get something from their mother and Reese will only get things from us, but then we don't want to make it unfair to the other kids from our side. So there's a whole, this you could do a whole podcast on is how do you and make it And we will, fair? and we will. <laughs> And I think you really need to take fair out of your vocabulary. And I would like to take the opposite stance on that. I think you can't keep it equal, but you can try and be fair. Yeah. Well, I was going to say or redefine what you, how you define fair. Like fair doesn't always mean equal, right? Even Correct, when it, yeah. even when it comes to activities and stuff with the kids, right? When we are going away on a weekend and we don't have the kids with us, but sometimes we'll just take Reese with us because she's she's with us that weekend. And there's been times when online I've got some slack from people saying, why would you go away with just Reese and not with your stepchildren? Well, it's like, well, they're not with us. And we have to be, we're very cognizant of the fact that like, we don't want Reese to live her life on an every other week basis. Like that's not fair to her. Yeah. It's not fair that we don't do things. And again, on the flip side, the kids do things with their mother that Reese doesn't participate in. So I think if we did a major family vacation or something big like that, we certainly want to make sure that all the kids are included. But again, on a week to week basis, we can't stop doing things because the kids aren't here and they understand. I don't think we've, we've really, you know, approached any complaints or had any complaints about things not being fair yeah, no. And I, I do remember one time my stepson saying, what, you went to the cottage this weekend without us? I said, yeah, honey, but you know, this is what you got to do this weekend too. We would have loved if you were with us and we're going to do it again next weekend. But you know, you were with your mom and you got to do this fun stuff too. So it's really about, I think that just having that open dialogue. Yeah. All right. So in terms of rules and expectations, I know this was a conversation when we first got together because there would be things that the kids would be allowed to do. And I would be like, there's no way that Reese is going to be allowed to do that when she gets older. We have, you know, different opinions on how things should be done. I don't know how we've really approached that. I know that is an issue for a lot of stepmoms who maybe look at the way that things are done with their stepchildren and don't want that to be done with their, you know, actual child, or I'm going to get slack for that, not actual child, bio child, whatever, however you want to say it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's like everyone that has a newborn, 
and you see how other kids are eating too much candy or playing too rough or participating in sports that they could get hurt in, you always want to protect your child and we're not going to allow our child. But as they grow and they get these habits, they have some candy and they participate. I know. Remember when I would be like, Reese is never going to eat that, or I'm never going to put that on her skin, or she's never going to be allowed to do this. And then I, you know, there are things that Reese maybe is uh, not allowed to do that my stepchildren are. We don't know because we're, we have such a huge age range. So it's, it's hard to even compare it right now. But I think you need to be very careful and you don't know until you're in that situation. So there's things that I thought Reese would never be allowed to do at four years old. And, you know, last night I gave her a Kit Kat so that she could just like, let me get some work done. Like I definitely bribe with candy. I would have never even said that I would give her Kit Kats on, you know, a random Wednesday night. But yeah, but we've stuck to our gun. Reese doesn't drink pop. There's a lot of things that we have where the other kids maybe did drink pop when they were younger, but that's that's something that we've implemented across the family. We really don't keep pop in the house anymore, so nobody drinks pop. But the older kids are 16 and 14 and can go to the variety store, and I'm sure they have a pop. And they get store. pop from the – there is pop in the basement. They just have less pop than maybe they used to. Yeah, we don't keep a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think you just deal with it, deal with the situations as they arise. And you can't say when you have a newborn, oh, my kid will never, I'll never let my kid have this cell phone or this and that. You just kind of deal with it as it comes up. And you need to have those conversations with your partner at that time. And there are going to be different parenting ideas. There's going to have different styles of parenting. And you have to navigate that in a first family and a second marriage. You know, it's, it's not an uncommon thing to have to deal with. Yeah. And every, every child is different. They, again, I, I think I said it in your last podcast, they have their unique personality. So you're dealing with each individual. We have kids that get tired a lot easier and want to go to bed earlier and others that are night hawks. So you try to put that rule somewhere in for all of them, but each one interprets it a little different. Totally. Like my stepdaughter, we never give her a bedtime. We have never given her a bedtime since I I don't even remember the last time we had to tell her to go to bed because she just goes to bed and she wakes up fine every single morning. She's the first kid up. Whereas my stepsons, we have to say, okay, it's time to go to bed because if they don't go to bed, they're going to be bears in the morning. So you do have different rules for different kids in certain situations. I agree. And I think that's what we're facing with Reese. As she gets older, we're trying to go with the bones or basic bones of the of, of a rule um, list but and our parenting values and, and our parenting values but you know there's a little bit of flexibility for each individual child based on their personality mm-hmm. or rules that they go by and rules they don't want to go by <laughs> yeah yeah and different kids listen in different ways or not in ways okay so last question because these kids are starting to stir upstairs do you ever feel bad that you get to, and sorry, I'm kind of blindsiding you with this, this question, but do you ever feel bad that you get to spend more time with Reese than you do the other kids? Like, do you have any dad guilt around that? I think it goes back to the fact that ever since I've gotten divorced that I miss the kids when I don't have them. I certainly miss them. And there's an element of guilt that I'm not spending as much time. And I think we've touched on that before that when they do come, I want to spend as much time as possible. I tend to be super dad. I want to get involved in everything and hang out with them, mini sticks with the kids, you know, go out, watch a movie with my daughter. So I think you do feel a little element of guilt, but not enough to say to 
our daughter that, you know, we're not going to do something because I feel guilty that the other kids aren't going to participate in that. You just love them when they're there and who they are. And, you know, I don't think that as time goes on, I feel as much guilt because I get to spend quality time with the other kids when they're around. Yeah. And you include Reese in everything, right? It's not that she's not included when the kids are here. Like you guys will all go do stuff together. But that being said, there are things that you do with the older kids and Reese and I hang back and we get our quality time then too. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You know, there's things that I go and do with the other kids when they're here. And it's not necessarily that we can't take Reese with us. It's the fact that it's maybe not age appropriate for Reese sometimes. She's the younger of all the children, but she would probably in five years be doing what the other kids are doing. Yeah. And I think that's where, and I think that's where things are different for us because she is such a different age. I think if you had, you know, a four-year-old from your first marriage and then, you know, she was two and a half, or if there was kind of like that close age range, it would be a different, a little more difficult to navigate. But then in that point, everyone would just be included in everything because everything is age appropriate. But again, we try to include everyone when we do things as much as possible. Totally. And you know what? Actually, I I lied. I do have one more question um, or one more thing that I want to talk about. We have Christmas coming up and people ask a lot about how we navigate Christmas in terms of fairness with presents and whether we go on with celebrations when the kids aren't here or do we wait? So, you know, for instance, this year, Christmas morning, the kids are with their mom and they don't come until three o'clock in the afternoon. So when we first had Reese, we did struggle a little bit to try to figure out how to navigate that. Like, do we wait and do Christmas all together at three o'clock or do we wake up and do Santa when, you know, our Christmas morning routine with you know, Reese and then do it all over again. Like we did, we did have some conversations around that and we basically decided the show does go on when it comes to holidays, but then we have a separate, like an extra celebration when we're all together. Yeah. I think when the kids are here Christmas morning, we do Santa Claus with everyone and have our presents from us. And then usually we get together with extended family in the afternoon when the kids are with their mom in the morning, we do Santa with Reese and then we get the kids in the afternoon and we usually do our family gifts and celebration and then again, extended family from there. So I think Christmas is a lot more seamless than it used to be. I think we used to worry a lot more about how do we handle this, but the, the kids get Santa Claus at their mom's when they're there. So they're not missing anything as far as part of our celebration. They're just getting it with their mother. Yeah. And it's the big question is, is presents. Do we make sure that we give all four kids the same amount of presents, especially when it comes to, you know, Santa Claus and all of that. And I do think it, it's kind of tricky because Reese is younger. So her presents are just cheaper than what the older kids like, mm-hmm. in terms of like what they want in the cost. But in terms of amount, she does get a little bit more because they're getting lots of stuff with their mom too. And that's where I think it's important to think about what the kids are getting as a whole in like their whole experience with both of their families, as opposed to, you know, what they're just getting in your home, because that's where I think sometimes, you know, your actual kids get the short end of the stick because their brothers and sisters have a light, a whole other life at their other home. And they don't, they get to experience things that, that, that she doesn't. Yeah. And you, and you see it, you know, I drop the kids off and their hockey equipment in, um, the garage at their mother's house and you see all these other scooters and bicycles and things and they have other toys over at her house that Reese wouldn't have here. So I do think it's okay to give Reese a little bit more because they are getting stuff from her family and, and, and from their mother. Yeah. So it goes back to what you said. I actually really like it now that I'm thinking about it. It's, you know, fair doesn't necessarily have to mean equal. Yeah. 
that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And I know what I think that's a really great note to end the podcast on. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. You're like a podcast star. I guess. All right, guys, we will chat with you in the next episode. Have a good day. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.